Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 24th episode of Talk Local. Today, I am joined with two special guests, um, Lisa Doherty, the CEO of Lake Erie United Way. How are you doing today? Hi, Alan. I'm great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I'm also joined with Anthony Contrucci uh, from Centier Bank fame, and you are probably one of the biggest hustlers this region has. Oh, it's working hard. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. Um, I was excited about this one because I've known both of you for at least a few years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I've played golf with you, Anthony, and yes, that was probably, have. I say this every time I golf, but it was probably one of the worst days I've ever golfed. That was a rough one. <laughs> Me as well. That's, okay. <laughs> That's a theme. That's a theme. We were at Briar Ridge and yeah. we hacked up that course, which is uh, pretty much a, a theme for me everywhere I go. Um, but that was a lot of fun. And I know that we met on the set of Money Sense when you were doing yeah. stuff with Lake Shore. Yeah. Um, and awesome show. Also awesome to kind of bring us to like that financial literacy side of things. And so um, what kind of, uh, do you have anything to really talk about? Maybe you can tell some people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no. So again, I'm Anthony, thrilled to be on the show. I've been a fan of the show over the past uh, few months here and just kind of watching how this has all evolved. So congratulations again. Thanks, Anthony. Um, gosh, I mean, what should I share with you guys? So I um, was born in the Northeast, um, grew up in uh, basically the first five years of my life in New Jersey, um, and then moved to Southeast Florida with my parents. Um, it was a work opportunity for my father. I have two sisters um, who are two of my best friends in the world. Uh, I'm the oldest, I'm the big brother, and uh, pretty protective still to this day. Um, Fast forward a bit, um, ended up meeting my best friend in life, my wife and my soulmate, um, Melissa. We met through a mutual best friend. Um, She was actually originally from Munster, uh, Indiana, ended up going to Culver Academy, and there she met this guy who ended up being one of her closest friends. Um, over those years there and we ended up you know small world moment ended up we didn't go to the same school um, in Boston but lived in the same building and uh, I was heading home to uh, Miami for a weekend and uh, he's like you have to meet this girl Melissa I'm like Melissa who and uh, we ended up he kind of you know blind date type thing sorry and we ended up meeting and it um, never looked back um, so we've been together for just over 15 years total unbelievable um, two young kids um, just amazing so blessed you know healthy happy kids um, my son Christoph who's eight and my daughter Aspen that just turned six last week so, awesome um, yeah and been living in the region for about five years and uh, been at Centier now for about six and a half and just been an incredible journey so far. So. Well, as an observer, it looks like Centier over that time period has really established themselves as one of the pillars of the community. Um, it seems like they're killing it. I know you guys are always winning the best environment to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone that I talk to for that works there is just glowing. And I think that is a, a testament to what you guys are doing there as a culture. Oh, thank you. And something definitely I to watch agree. out for. I second that. Yeah, my experience with all the employees there has been phenomenal. Yeah, and so Lisa, tell us a little bit about you too. Well, gosh, I've been in the area my entire life. I was born in Austin, but only for a short, I was only there for a short period of time. My dad was in the Air Force there. I actually just went and visited my uh, childhood home for the first time. How was, was that? I was in Austin for a conference, and uh, uh, Frank Marvan was with me, and he <laughs> took a shot of me you know sitting on the curb uh, in front of the house but uh, awesome. but it was nice but yeah I, you know I was young so I don't remember much of it moved up into the area my dad was a police officer for Griffith so that's where we landed interesting and that's where I went to school you know and college I, I tried to go to IU for a little while but I didn't have the <laughs> discipline for that so uh, better to come back home and uh, I finished uh, at Purdue yeah, Cal at the time. Nice. Purdue Northwest now. And then I uh, fell in love with school, uh, believe it or not, and ended up uh, getting my master's there as well. 
the whole time working at the Times Media Company, uh, which is where I spent most of my career. I didn't know you had that background. Oh my gosh, yeah, for years. Yeah, well, you know, you can say I started there as a carrier. I had a paper route when I was nine. (laughs) Oh, nice, (laughs) nice. Um, But then, you know, after college, I, uh, well, I worked there through high school. Um, You know, they they gave me the flexibility to play a couple of sports while I was in school. And uh, it, it always seemed that whenever I needed a job, they needed somebody. So I moved into a lot of different departments, but um, was senior level manager there for a number of years, HR, advertising, uh, had a general manager role. Uh, and then I decided that it was time to maybe try a, a different you know, career. And I jumped into nonprofits. Uh, I had been on Tradewinds board for about eight years, and they were looking for a marketing director. So it was a good opportunity sure. to mm-hmm. jump into that arena. And then that led me ultimately to Lake Erie United Way here. A um, little bit of experience in the nonprofit world. You know, fundraising isn't exactly uh, the same as sales, but uh, that background has certainly helped me, uh, you know, significantly. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. I was uh, joking last time we we uh, met. We met about a week ago over over some video production stuff. Yeah. But I was joking that the last like three times I saw Lisa was all beer was included in some capacity. <laughs> it was off square, and then the county line orchard that's bar right. fat, big barn fest, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, we do a lot with beer. <laughs> yeah. And so if you're if you're wondering how Centier and Lake Erie United Way partners up as a listener, they got a special event they're here to promote in particular, and it's uh, Anthony. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. No, we are. Um, extremely excited about this event and as we, I was sharing with you earlier you know Alan it's uh, you know in Lake County we have a pretty significant issue um, and it really revolves around um, a segment of the population that a lot of people don't know about and they have a name on um, you know better for worse it's called Alice um, it's an acronym that stands for asset limited income constrained employed and basically that means they're above the poverty level right so it's not you know the, the face of poverty in the conventional sense um, but these are those people that you know are working one, two, maybe three jobs, um, or just but just are maybe underemployed and just really not able to get at the end of the day to the end of the month, and that equates to about one in four, about twenty-five percent of the population. And so I share that with you passionately, obviously, because I'm nothing if I'm not passionate, <laughs> but because it's a big problem. And as we thought about how do we really, you know, Lake Erie Native Way is doing a phenomenal job of creating awareness around this issue, um, but we kind of recognize together that it's going to take a, a big event, a big spotlight to really put, a, put more attention on this. Mm-hmm. And so as we thought about what could that look like, you know, with the help of the, of the Times and Joe Battistoni, um, we at least had this phenomenal idea about this event called Over the Edge. And so Centir is the building sponsor. Um, we have uh, five stories above ground. So it's about 80 feet down. Exactly. Uh, depending on how tall <laughs> you are. I was up there measuring. Yeah, and I looked over and I did get the, you know, like the, whew, it's high. Um, you have to step up before you step down. Yeah, that's right. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we'll have about 92 people going over the edge, literally rappelling down the Centir Tower um, on July 7th and just really excited about the opportunity you know the times and Lake Erie Native Way were so gracious to you know, think of Centir and bring us into the fold on this and uh, hopefully this event will number one raise a lot of money um, but number two obviously create some more uh, much needed attention around this issue and hopefully that'll be the first step of many to um, you know just elevating our community overall. 
Sure. I know um, for me, the so I was I had kind of it as an observer. I was I had some in contact with you guys when it comes to just in passing, I think, at like chamber events and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was the one time where I think it was Angie doing and Brandy doing one of those roundtable discussions mm-hmm. at the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And Brandy is the one, Brandy Adams, she's the one who um, invited me. And she's an employee at Lake Area United Way, too. Awesome person. you got a great staff over there, by the way. Yeah, Everyone's absolutely. great. No, no great doubt. team. Yeah, yeah team. Aaron's no awesome. Um, and so you guys invited me over to that. And I was like, well, I'll just check it out. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed by the level of exposure and the ability that as an organization to pivot and really mm-hmm. create something that is a necessity, mm-hmm. specifically that's region centric. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we talk about charities and we talk about that kind of stuff, I think there's a disconnect between the public and everybody mm-hmm. else. But I think it's a topic that everybody, especially from a blue collar perspective, which mm-hmm. is what this area is, right. can relate to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the beauty of, you know, the United Way model is that while we have a you know worldwide network um, national network we are focusing locally mm-hmm. on you know the needs of the community and in fact it's the community that's telling us literally where we need to focus mm-hmm. we've had uh, you know dozens of community conversations like the one that you you know talked about uh, out talking to you know not just residents mainly residents but employers mm-hmm. and uh, community leaders mm-hmm. um, because they're certainly aware of what some of the gaps are mm-hmm. um, and that's what we intend to do is you know build you know pathways bridges ladders uh, for families um, to mm-hmm. get you know mm-hmm. um, upskilled uh, you know for jobs uh, access child care um, you know, uh, get food, um, you know, to put on their, their table. You know, that's our role. Right. And, and, of course, um, bringing people together to collaborate, you know, to find better solutions for mm-hmm. that um, is uh, we're uniquely positioned for that. Um, oh, we yeah. don't provide direct services, yeah. but we facilitate you know the the community efforts um, around those issues for families. Oh, yeah. can, can I build on that for a second? Sure. I think you hit the nail on the head. Well, I know you did. Um, <laughs> you're so good at what you do. But you know, one of uh, my good friends, Stephanie Jones. I don't know if you know her. I'm um, actually local. Kind of lives in the region as well. I'm author of a great book. I'm going to give her a shout out. Um, the Giving Challenge. She's phenomenal. I was actually in um, in at Centier last week on Tuesday, speaking to all the Centier associates or the, we call it the Centier family. And one of the things, one of the messages that I took away that really resonated was this concept of assumption. We all make assumptions. And I think sometimes a lot of organizations assume what the community needs. And what really, what I respect so much about, you know, Lisa's leadership um, and what they're doing within the community is, again, really trying to understand, you know, what the community actually needs versus just making assumption of what the community actually needs. And it's rare. Oh, it's, it's very rare. And... Again, shout out for you guys and a challenge to all of the employers that may be listening. Um, we actually had them come in the United Way and provide a simulation that they took us through. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I mean, it, it's an emotional experience. They basically give you, I'll probably botch this up, so you can jump in, but they give you a certain number of coins. And <laughs> yep, I did this game. at the round table. Yeah, you did it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you can mm-hmm. still explain right. it to them because no, it's that no, powerful. It, it's still basically it. just, you know, you sit down with all of the things, you know, whether it be healthcare, whether it be transportation, food, education for your children, so on and so forth. And they, you start off with a limited number of these coins. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of figure out from a budget standpoint how you're going to allocate those coins. Well, you do several rounds of this, and every time you have to take a coin or two off the table. And honestly, I get chills thinking about it. I mean, at the end, you're really trying to, you're trying to figure out, like, am I going to literally walk to work or am I going to feed my kids tonight? 
And you talk about the needs of the community. These are the needs that they're spending the time to really understand. So as that facilitator, understanding, okay, how can we help, right? Aggregate, and I call it aggregation and distillation. The, uh, these, uh, these other nonprofits that are out there with these specific missions and causes to help literally deliver these much needed solutions mm-hmm. to these families that cannot make it to the end of the month. So And much needed. Yeah, much needed. And so, I've, so. that's a kind of a twofold question for me because yeah. you added something like that was it is an amazing exercise. And so there is I hope there's a way like digitally people can mm-hmm. perf- can do there, that would be yeah, really cool. Yeah, there is actually and we'll be sharing that with the community here in the next few months. But yeah, there's it's exciting. uh that yeah, is. I, well, and this is the power of the United Way network, okay? Right. There's another United Way that's focusing on this population in their market, mm. and they created this online experience, you know, similar to the one that you're describing, Anthony. Very cool. So we'll, you know, we share in the United Way world, and we'll be able to make that available to everybody. Mm. But, you know, you, you talk about the choices that they're making. I mm. think what's important to say about that is that, you know, they often have to rely on short-term mm. strategies that are, you know, detrimental. Mm. Right. You know, like they, you know, go to the, they go get the payday loan, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're not yep. properly banked mm-hmm. um, or they use credit cards or they choose, you know, when it comes to health, you know, they choose not to go to the doctor. They choose mm-hmm. not to go mm-hmm. get that, you know, preventative care. Right. And, and what everybody needs to realize ultimately is that that's not just affecting that specific person or that family. That affects all of us because yes. it drives yep. up you know prices Mm -hmm. you know the cost uh you know taxpayer dollars are out there Mm -hmm. helping some families and so if we can um you know create a support network and system for these families that accelerates getting them to a more financially stable place Mm -hmm. we all benefit Mm -hmm. from that heck yeah and let's define they Right, because I think that's one thing that it's very easy. And when we had uh, Linda Perez in here from the St. Jude House, it's very—it's the same kind of stereotype in, in my mind. Is that when people think of poverty, they think of minority and they think of like dirt poor, like welfare. Yeah, and that's not what we're well, talking. And, and that's they a part also of it. Think in in this country, what mm-hmm. we've seen with the research is that here we think that that it's they made some bad decisions right. or that they own it, whereas in other right. countries. Mm-hmm. Society will look at that and say, okay, there's something wrong with the system. We need to fix it. Right. Right. Very different thinking. Very yeah. different thinking and being more proactive and it's taking that accountability is very, um, I mean, I'm fascinated by it and it's something that I, I definitely want to like gravitate toward, you know, because yeah. that's, I mean, we played sports, you know, and it's like, it's, you can start blaming everybody else for all the problems, but it takes a lot more character to start taking that on yeah. your own shoulders and doing yeah. something about it. So yeah. again, another win for you guys. And the, um, when it comes to the they too, it's like, we're talking about, can you, can you define the parameters of that a little bit more since that is the stereotype and who we're actually talking about? Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and let me just say that there's a tendency to think that, um, we've got families in trouble only in the urban areas Mm -hmm. of our county Mm -hmm. and the reality is okay so anthony described alice um, asset limited income constrained employed you know we often refer to that population as struggling working families Mm -hmm. because everybody can relate to that they Mm -hmm. get it right away Uh so in lake county about 17 percent of our population is technically in poverty you know according to the federal guidelines Mm -hmm. which haven't been updated since the 60s by the way oh my gosh the population that we're focused on this alice population they are earning they're working and they're Mm -hmm. earning income and generally 
um, it's about 200% you know, of that, that poverty level. Mm-hmm. The challenge for those families, while they're earning money, they're not eligible for, for assistance. Right. So in a lot of ways, they're more vulnerable because they don't have um, the safety net. Yeah, they just don't. They don't. They don't right. have that. Um, you know, so the income level really varies based on on the family size. Uh, but a, a family of four, uh, as an example, in order to afford the basic necessities like, you know, a safe home in a safe neighborhood. Um, you know, transportation because we don't have public transportation. Right. You know, childcare, uh, healthcare. You know, these are all basics. We're not talking about luxury. You know, items. They've got to make about fifty-two thousand dollars a year. And uh, as Anthony said earlier, we've got about uh, one quarter of our families in Lake County that are not earning enough to wow. survive. So. So again, they're forced to make those choices every day. Um, the choices that Anthony talked about, they're choosing to take their child to the doctor mm-hmm. or put gas in their car, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to go to work. Right. Because if they don't go to work, a lot of those jobs don't have paid time off. So, mm-hmm. you know, then they run the risk of losing their jobs. So those families are in such a vulnerable spot. Mm-hmm. They're literally one crisis or emergency mm-hmm. away from falling into poverty. Mm-hmm. It's now, a chain, it's a and, domino effect, and, right? And that will cost mm-hmm. the community a lot more mm-hmm. than than it would to help move these families, you know, yeah. now in the position that they're in to a little more stable place. And let's define crises too, because I think a lot of people think of like major medical or oh. something. Like we're talking about a sub pump going out, a flat, flooding a flat tire. A flat out. tire, yeah, right. A right. repair to a car, yeah. eyeglasses. Something simple. I mean, ha- yeah. ha- you know, I, you, you both have kids. I don't mm. know if you've had to, you know, Not yet. get Three eyeglasses weeks. for, well, right, yeah, right, on the way, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So you'll know Excited. soon, uh, you know, uh, but to buy a pair of uh, eyeglasses, you mm-hmm. know, that is a huge stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was Alice for a little while um, when my mom was divorced, you know, single mom raising mm-hmm. two kids at the time. Uh, and, and I had to wear, I needed eye care uh, glasses in fourth grade. And I remember her crying because she didn't know how she was going to afford that. Uh, and, and, and that, you know, takes us into another area, um, the stress that these right. families are dealing with every single day. And the I mean, long-term imagine, ramifications. Oh, health, you know, the health ramifications, right, to stress. You bet, oh, yeah. you bet. Imagine, you know, worrying about putting a meal on the table for your child or going without so you can feed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whether or not you're going to get the glasses mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I mean, parents are making decisions all the time about what they go without mm-hmm. in order to, you know, provide for these kids. And, and Alan, you, you, you raised the question about they. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to that. So, sure. you know, we went out into the community after we decided that we were going to focus on this population. We went back out and spoke to about 100 families that are considered Alice or mm. struggling working families. And, and I will tell you, um, I was so impressed with these families and what they overcome in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, they're smart, they're articulate. Uh, 
uh, they have dreams, but guess what? Their dreams are to mm-hmm. own a home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not reaching, you know, for the sky like like we think about. They mm-hmm. they literally just want, you know, the basics are a dream for them. And they're hardworking. They are hardworking. Um, there was one woman that walked us through her day, and, I, you know, I feel like a slug compared right. to you know, what she's doing every day to get her kids, you know, Mm -hmm. ready for school, to school, you know, then she goes to work, then she's got to figure out how she's going to get them home. A lot of the families may only be able to afford one car, so they've got to jockey and juggle. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, if they're a two-parent working household, they've got to work opposite shifts Mm -hmm. uh, because they only have one. So think about what that does, you know, to the relationship. Oh, yeah. It's just, um, man, what a different upbringing. Because it's like that's like taking sports completely out of it, right? right. Or any kind of extracurricular activities right. at so, school. So we had a we had a mother who participated in one of these sessions. She lives in Griffith. She works for one of our major hospitals. Uh, she's a single mom, and she's trying to go to training to be a police officer. Okay, so she was trying to mm-hmm. upskill, right? Mm-hmm. But the trainings at night in the afternoon after she gets off work. Uh, her son plays football and he happens to be pretty darn good at it but guess what if he's not there Mm -hmm. on time for practice Mm -hmm. he gets cut from the team so Mm -hmm. now she's got to juggle does you know she feels guilty because she's going to this training to get a better job Mm -hmm. that's going to be better for them in the long run but she may have to sacrifice her son participating in that football team. Unbelievable. Now, what hmm. happens then? Right. You know, I know what happened to me when I didn't have activities outlet, that kept right? me busy. Yeah. I got right. I got in trouble, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's really a tough, uh, and she so she feels guilty because she's trying to improve, you know, her financial situation. Wow. Well, that's actually a great segue because I think that's an important question to ask because I think when it comes to this level of this new face of poverty we're talking mm-hmm. about or these circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's we, a lot of times employers don't know about it until it's right. too late, right? Right. So, like from a from a from a business organization side of things, Anthony, I think you can speak on this. Are you guys doing anything at Centier that's maybe showing the exposure or awareness at the early signs of this and opening those channels with your employees that if there is a problem, they can have those conversations? So we are, and this is something that we typically don't publicize. It's just we just do it because it's what we've always done. But um, so you know. To her point, I mean, it's you'd be you'd be surprised sometimes the families, the people that fall into this category, and um, you know at Centier, you know again I, I say this, but I say it sincerely. We really are one big family. You know, we say we're family owned. It's not just another you know, Shrog family. It's the broader Centier family, and our associates are also proud to share, actually participate in ownership in the bank, um, as well. Um, but that being said, you know, talk about that catastrophe again. It's Broken, broken set of eyeglasses, right? It's it's a flat tire and that nail on the sidewall, and you can't get it patched, right? And so we have associates at Centier that um, you know will have a tough week, a tough month, and they and because of that, it literally throws off their, their mm-hmm. whole budget. And so we actually have our own a mechanism within Centier that we started years ago. Um, it's our own 501c3, and literally, it is literally just for our associates. Awesome. Um, so we raise money. Um, you know, we raise money um, as an organization throughout the year, just internal fun things that we do, um, whether it be our annual Christmas party or other events that we do throughout the year. Um, and then, you know, oftentimes the bank or the family 
will also you know, chip in and, and match a lot of those dollars. And we have a committee that's set up. It is all completely confidential um, and um, real simple process to basically you know request assistance. Um, what you tend to find is, you know, I know I'm a proud person. A lot mm. of people are proud and, and they don't want to ask yeah, for the help. Pride. But because we are a family and because we care and because we listen and because we know each other, you know, that, that supervisor, that friend will say, hey, how is it going? I, I, you seem off. And a lot of times we'll actually see requests submitted by other associates, whether it be a colleague or a supervisor. So um, it's, you know, something that we do that we feel really helps. Um, and again, I just, you know, at the end of the year, we have a report that we share with all the associates about how much was paid out. And again, all very high level, so there's no detail, but, um, and we'll share the types of things um, that those funds went to support. And it just, it really makes you feel very blessed. Um, oh yeah there's a lot of families that really again are working really hard and just are really struggling and uh, we just they deserve a hand up right Um, and so that's what I think you know Lake Erie United Way is trying to do is give them that hand up not that hand out oh yeah is there anything else that Lake Erie United Way has been kind of gotten on their agenda coming up here when it comes to that stuff sure well you know we intend to narrow uh, our focus so Alice is you know it's a large population Mm -hmm. in our county and I I did want to mention Alan, that I said earlier that there's a misconception that there are only families struggling in those urban areas. And mm-hmm. the reality is, mm-hmm. you know, 22, 23% of the population in Munster is struggling, whether wow. it be poverty right. or Alice. Similar numbers in Crown Point. Mm-hmm. In Hobart, it's 33%. Uh, again, you do see higher numbers in your urban areas like Hammond, East Chicago. Uh, Gary, but uh, it it really is everywhere. So every community mm-hmm. needs to be thinking about how we can work together to help families thrive. Mm-hmm. Now back to your question. Um, you know there are a number of barriers that families have. When we went out and talked to families, uh, that there were some emerging themes: mm-hmm. uh, food insecurity. You know, mm. the lack of a safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough uh, housing uh, inventory that is affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, childcare is, you know, difficult to access. It's expensive. You know, mm. childcare here is a mortgage. Right. Uh, and people that you can trust as well, you know, both sides of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you want a qualified program. Right, right. Um, yep. Jobs and uh, I think I hit all of them. And, and what we intend to do, Alan, is we're going to be forming um, a couple of work groups that are going to include not just Alice families, but employers. Uh, we'll have healthcare represented. Um, uh, work One is participating, you know, in it. We've got Geminis, they're, you know, child care, you know, Head Start gurus. Um, so these different representatives are going to come together in what we're calling work groups. Although I got to find a different name for that because work group sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and really, what this group is going to do is help us uh, identify strategies mm-hmm. that Lake Area United Way will invest in in the future. So we're moving away. We're still going to uh, dedicate, uh, commit about 20, 25 percent of our campaign. So when we go out into the workplace mm-hmm. and, and, and conduct that campaign, 25% of that is still going to go to basic needs organizations. I mean, that's just in our wheelhouse. You know, so your mm-hmm. uh, utility 
uh, organizations, shelter, uh, food, you know, that offer that kind of real basic need assistance. We're still going to fund that. But the remainder of the campaign dollars are going to be committed to these strategies that we identify. Unfortunately, I don't know what that is today. I mean, that's the downside uh, of doing it with the community. But in the long run, I think we're going to be far better Mm -hmm. off, more pointed you know, about where our investments are going because we're, you know, the bringing the community into this uh, conversation. So, Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the, I don't know if it's always been this way, especially being a lifetime resident, you could probably speak for it more, but the lines seem to be very clear from a north of 30, south of 30 in, in Porter County. No question. It's three different perspectives, right? And I don't know if that's unique for this area in particular, um, but to have that is unique and maybe an advantage or a disadvantage. I don't know. I'm sure you both can speak on that. Hmm. So uh, I would like to speak on that. What's interesting, I'm well aware of that from my newspaper days, you know, through now. I mean, there is, you know, there there are invisible lines. But when we went out into the community, we were very deliberate. Both times that we did it, we were very deliberate about representing all parts of the county and the aspirations that people have, the concerns that they have, the ideas that they have, they're the same. So as different, you know, we may think we're different and have different perspectives, mm-hmm. but but when you sit down and talk about it together, it we're we're very much alike. Sure, sure. I know one of the things we had some uh, we had Caesar S. K. Val, who's a former vet in here from East Chicago, and one of the things that with my one of my biggest takeaways was they look at like because they're so north and Crown Point so south, they looked at it as it's two different worlds. Mm-hmm. But the the truth of the matter is is that East Chicago isn't much different from Ham, and Ham is not much different from Highland. Highland's not much different from Sherville, and all the way down to here. But if we're getting to different ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and so how do you kind of bridge those gaps? philosophically from those the far ends well i think we try to focus on what they have in common (laughs) right i mean as to as as to what's versus what's what's different Mm -hmm. and i think it's you know providing a superseding goal that everyone can kind of rally behind you know i you know for the record again i wasn't raised you know in the region um you know i've been lucky enough to be able to live here for the past you know five years and work at centier the past six years but just interesting to me to your point whether it be within lake county or just throughout all the counties that make up northwest indiana this this sense of there's just i feel like there's silos and um we can tend to be um a little bit just kind of focused on on ourselves and i think you know with regionalization there's such an opportunity to all come together as one region and and rally together um but i think in order to do that to your point we need to focus on what makes us similar not what makes us different and we really at the end of the day need to all agree on what are our goals and objectives where are we going together because I know you know whether it be business or in life you know I'm only as strong as the team that I get to surround myself with or people I get to work with and I think you know if we all recognize that we're stronger together um, we can do a lot more and go a lot further mm-hmm. so. sure and I know we're talking to I mean I'm talking to two people who are literally being accountable and doing and leading the path right blazing the trail for that especially in this area because I think that's one thing I meet a ton of people mm-hmm. and it's the one thing that is like a theme mm-hmm. there's like uh, that everyone works in silos and they're in silos and um, do you think I mean both of you guys being professionals and at least having the experience in this area for the time that you have, do you see those walls breaking down? Or do you see it kind of being different? Like, how do you see that as the future of the region? I do. 
I'm, yeah, I'm seeing I that. I do too. Yeah. Some of it's out of necessity, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, you know, change happens when there's a high enough level of dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. You know, in the nonprofit world, um, there are so many organizations competing, you know, for donor dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and other types of mm-hmm. uh, resource mm-hmm. sure. know, support. But how many nonprofits and, are in this area? I, I know oh my, most I people know the know number. It's, it's like a ton. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, you know, and I, know. I guess we, it we depends on about, how you define yeah, it. Yeah, 700 a year yeah. financially. It, so just get, put that into context. Wow. The city, and I yeah. saw a spreadsheet at one point yeah. that had multiple thousand. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it is changing. I think that there's a little more appetite uh perhaps out of you know necessity i mean look at you know purdue north and and then you've got some organizations that are leading the way i mm-hmm. mean purdue northwest mm-hmm. you know merging their campuses uh boys and girls boys and club, club as i say yeah. you know yeah. lake and porter county um and i think that you know people are watching that closely and mm-hmm. i think they're gonna see that mm-hmm. it makes so much sense and for the boys and girls club as an example ultimately more kids are going to be served as a result. So you mm-hmm. can't argue, you know, with that outcome, uh, that right. result. Yeah, it, it, it's about focusing on impact. I know, you know, we just had Centier, for example, um, just, you know, the way we have historically given up until about a year and a half ago when we kind of created this new division within the organization called Community Relations, you know, now having a team in place that we can really take, take a look at, you know, our, whether it be volunteerism, so our you know our time, our talents, or our treasures, and how we're giving, and you know just connect the dots to like what the Boys and Girls Club did is we can be more impactful if we have a broader strategy that touches the community overall versus just trying to operate out mm-hmm, of kind of mm-hmm. out of our own little silos, and when we you know whether it be just in our giving or literally pulling together financial wellness, community reinvestment act initiatives and philanthropy together that same theme of coming together. Now, you could always argue there's a point of diminishing return in economics and all of that, but I think from a region standpoint, we're so much stronger if we come together. And I think that's what we're, we're, we're yep. seeing that that trend. Well, yeah, this is a great step in that. I yeah, mean, this absolutely. event in itself is a, is a, a testament to that, that work and those collaborations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and on that note, if I can tell you about um, a coalition that we're uh, leading um, of not just nonprofit organizations, mm-hmm. but we've got um, the uh, uh, faith-based community mm-hmm. is at the table. Um, within the public se- sector, we've got uh, a number of the townships uh, in the area coming to the table, and we have some employers who are participating in, we call it the United for Families Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these organizations, there are about, you know, between 60 and 80 uh, different people representing organizations coming to the table every month mm-hmm. for a meeting that we're facilitating. Uh, we bring in speakers. They have time to share, you know, what they're working on. Uh, you know, the nonprofits didn't always communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were so siloed that they didn't even necessarily know what each other was doing. They're communicating now. They're sharing what they're doing. There's, you know, e- there've been a number of, you know, collaborations that have happened simply because folks are coming together. So we're going across sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. These organizations are finding each other, finding ways, again, you know, their hearts are in the right place. Their mission is mm-hmm. to serve families. And they're finding that by doing that together, 
they're going to make you know a greater impact on those families. There, so there's an appetite for it now. And and, and again, I want to also just know, look at this from a different angle, which is I don't think people didn't communicate because they didn't want to necessarily, and because we just we wanted to be by design in silos. Sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, we're all busy. We're all running, you know, my boss always says running with scissors, right? We're all just running really hard and really fast. Yeah. And so sometimes it takes an organization like the Lake Urinated Way to say, hey, provide the structure for communication, you know? And so I think that's, that's a huge yeah. value that you're playing in the community to say, hey, listen, let's hit the pause button for a second. There's, there's a better way. I'm not saying I have the answer today, like you just said. I don't know if I have all the answer of those those work groups yet. Right. But we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out together. And there's so much tremendous value in that. So thank you for all that yeah. you're doing for yeah. the community. Oh, yeah. And like by that division that you started is a great step in that direction because mm-hmm. it keeps yeah. an ear on the ground right. of what things that need to be happening. Right. Um, and, the, and the relationships because a lot of it's yeah. relationship driven, right? right. You want to work with people you like. I mean, that's and essentially trust and trust. Like, trust and respect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, Trust is huge. And with a nonprofit, not all the times, I mean, you don't get that opportunity to do that connection right no so you've got to wear a million different hats right. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a fascinating thing and yeah. um i know we'll talk a little bit about this um i know i wanted to kind of add one more question that i've been interest, interested in and it talks about the philosophy of like north and south mm-hmm. i think but the idea of being called a region rat where do, where do you guys sit on that debate? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I'm qualified not being from the region originally. Even yeah. though I feel like I've been adopted. Uh, so I'll at least I'll take I, that. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I have been here, right, since I was You've three. been there. I've You've been, been there. Here since I was three. Yeah. And I don't know who I'm going to. This is a controversial this question, This is a controversial. Alan. I'm sorry. I can tell you where I stand. I, yeah, and help. I will tell you where I stand. Okay, for I, me, I'm not a big fan. I'm not either. It's, it's it. you know, it's kind of negative. It, it I, I don't feel good about I don't feel good about it. I mean, I f- feel proud that I'm from this area. There are so many good things, mm-hmm. but there's something about, you know, a region rat mm-hmm. that just, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I ask because it's just a random question, but it's like highly debated in this area. I yeah. know, I know. It's so crazy. I don't know who I'm going to be in trouble with. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad you brought the question, but I'm not going to answer it. I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, so yesterday was the uh, the, the Hall of Fame event. Right, um, over at the Avalon, and uh, the governor was there, and you know, the Times is always behind that, does a phenomenal job. But they actually debuted there yesterday this new site that they've launched and this new campaign, which is you know, kind of the grass is greener, kind of make the move, and really the whole concept of making the move from Illinois to Indiana, specifically Northwest Indiana. And I'm only sharing this in the context of the conversation because, you know, <laughs> What you know, I, I did live in Illinois for several years before we moved to Northwest Indiana, and you know there is this. I think we all know there's this stigma, um, but when you break it down, pound for pound, this is such a phenomenal place to live. You know, on their site, they focus on their, the top ten reasons, and some of them are obviously ec- you know, economic, you know, financials. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we have such tremendous assets, natural assets in this area that I don't think we're we talk enough about. And we should be so much more proud of. Yeah. Um, and yes. so I just think, I, I think kind of just to kind of come full circle, you know, this whole concept of being a region rat. I mean, God, we're, we're the lucky ones. We're so blessed to live here. And I think we need to be um, even more proud of that and, and be hopefully at the end of the day better ambassadors um, and advocates for where, where we get to live and where we get to raise our families and, and just share that, you know, with, you know, with whether it be, you know, other parts of the state or our neighbors next door. We just, we're, we're pretty lucky. Well, I'm so glad you said that, Anthony, because that's really what birthed this mm-hmm. for me. Was it was you're talking about making taking accountability? For me, it was about I don't think the stories that are should be getting told are being told. Right. 
you know yeah. and i wanted to make the difference with that and mm-hmm. it was very frustrating in times when you when you have when you spring stuff creatively to the table but mm-hmm. you hear 20 reasons why we shouldn't be doing it right mm-hmm. and so a lot of this was like well i know there's a lot of really cool stuff going on mm-hmm. and um and that's i mean i like the breweries because to me it's it's representative I, this is going to get deep so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll warn you on that but what i think the beer community is why i gravitate towards that so much is because of how communal it is right and those guys if they need if they have a problem with like you know in inventory or mm-hmm. uh, something they're helping each other out to make right. it happen from a machinery from a staffing yeah. to like a idea side mm-hmm. of things and that really is predicated on what we could be as a community mm-hmm. too and I, I think that's what's awesome about events like this is it brings everybody together absolutely, absolutely. and so it's incredible yeah and, and honestly you just so about communal efforts one thing I will share and something I'm really proud about of Centier is you know our focus has always been on you know, long-term sustainable, you know, enterprise value creation, right? And you talk about coming together as a community. I mean, you know, I think once a community starts looking at things as a zero-sum game, that there is a winner and a loser, over time, that is not sustainable. You know, we're very proud of the other banks that are out there, the other community banks that are out there, you know, that care about their their associates, that care about the community, Mm -hmm. that care about their clients, that are doing good. We need more of them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we are losing banks in this country daily to M&A. And a lot of those banks that we're losing, obviously, are those smaller community banks. And so, you know, again, to us, it's not about being, you know, the biggest, uh, being the best at what we do, um, caring the most. And, yeah, you know, we got to keep the lights on so profit, obviously, is important over time. But it's really about creating this long-term sustainable enterprise value for for us as, a, as an organization, but for the, the community overall. And so... I like that whole tie into the breweries because that's really what you're talking about. They, they recognize that, hey, it's not win or loser. It's we'll all win if we work together. Right. Yep. And a rising tide to be cliche, right. I know I am, but it does. It raises all ships. And, and that needs to be our focus as you're talking about just the whole concept of silos and, and so on and so forth. So yep. Well, it takes some reprogramming. We're all competitive. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're yeah, all competitive. Bet. And so it's, it's easy to look at someone doing something and right. say, well, I don't. I need to be better than right. that. You know, but at the end of the day, when everyone's get the exposure is kind of raising with the tide, everyone gets to know more about it, and it's a win for everybody. And so it's fascinating to see that. And I hope that that's where we're taking the region Mm -hmm. in the next one. One region is a great title for it. I think it is. Um, And so, just to kind of like shore this up, you guys wanted to talk a little bit more about the event just to kind of go through it. Um, So uh, it's. July 7th, it's uh, Repelling the Centier Building. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome event. Um, we'll try to be there with a little bit of coverage. Like I said, on the green room, I'll put a GoPro on you, Anthony. <laughs> and we'll knock I thought that you up. were wearing the GoPro. When no you way. Oh, yeah. you're not. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm shame. I'm GoPro in the chicken coop. You <laughs> <laughs> will be dressed as a chicken. Yeah, that's true. Anybody who knows me knows my Christmas lights are still on my roof because of that. And it's crazy. I'm not, I don't have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling. It's crazy. I don't. No, I it makes it. no sense. Um, but you can go to end wyedge.com oh, to register correct. you're still looking for registrants we, we are we oh, are it's limited seats are limited it so. is and we've already got about 30 repellers that are registered mm-hmm. um lots of people in the community that said they're going to do it um you mm-hmm. do have to raise funds from your network you know mm-hmm. your peers your co-workers your family etc mm-hmm. uh you know similar to what they do for other types of walks mm-hmm. or you know cancer uh, walks, uh, tap into your network. We've right. got ideas on the site about how to do that. Um, I know uh, a gal from 
Uh, Meals on Wheels was just telling me yesterday that she and her husband are going to do it. They're going to have a host party mm-hmm. um, and raise the money from their friends. I like that. Uh, that yeah, is cool. Yeah. That's so cool. That, yeah, that's so cool that idea. they can both repel. And yeah. the folks that have already started the fundraising, um, you know, it's they're killing it. Uh, people are supporting them. It's mm-hmm. such a unique opportunity, and I think they're happy to, you mm-hmm. know, send them over the edge. And it's not as hard as you think, honestly, if, if you're active on social media, you know, I mean, I sent out texts myself because I will be repelling personally. <laughs> and I raised my money and, you know, I, I used my, you know, my, literally my cell phone. I sent text messages out. I made calls. I used social media. And it's not as daunting as you think. And time is your friend. I mean, so we have some time here still. So if you want to do it, don't lose your seat and start raising your money um, so you have the time to do it. Yeah, and I think it's just really important, anybody that's been listening to the conversation Mm -hmm. that we had earlier about those struggling working families, Mm -hmm. all the proceeds from this event are going Mm -hmm. toward uh, strategies to help those Mm -hmm. families. Awesome. Great event, great cause, and uh, I'm glad that you guys were able to come on and promote it. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Yeah, very much and appreciate it. I'll end it with one little thing. The, um, the going back to like the last part of the conversation is like the one thing that I wish like over, people can really start to kind of wrap their heads around is like you talked about the misidentity because mm-hmm. that kind of just struck a nerve for me. Mm-hmm. Is that like why can't we be the Brooklyn to Chicago's Manhattan? And mm-hmm. it's one of those things mm-hmm. that just kind of keeps getting lost in translation, right? right? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. trying to be Chicago. We're trying to be indie. We're not really being ourselves. Let's just be region proud. Let's be right. re- one region. Yeah, I love region. it, man. Love it. Um, <laughs> anywhere they can find you, our listeners, if you want, and you want. Want to plug anything outside of the over the edge stuff? Sure, uh, L Doherty at uh, end at uh, LAUW. <laughs> I did that. You did that to me, Alan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mine is so hard because they cut my last name short. So it's A C O N T R U C at centir.com. Awesome. So they dropped the last C in the. <laughs> it's not too <laughs> it's bad. It's a long last name. <laughs> um, and you can find us at Local 209 across all platforms. Again, thank you guys for coming Thanks, in so Alan. much. This is thank fun. You. Appreciate it. Um, and this will be uh, released on Friday, which you've probably been heard. And then we'll uh, talk soon. Awesome. Later.